0: Hello, I'm Clive Johnson. Welcome to Impact, a podcast about how we can each bring about real change in the world and getting practical in making that happen.
1: And hello, I'm Ellen Bintz. A special welcome if you're listening for the first time and a big thank you to our new subscribers. Each week, we look at one aspect of how we can connect our hearts to offer healing for others and our collective intention, prayers and meditation and talk about the critical happenings in our world that need our attention right now, some of which may not be making
0: the headlines where you are. And from next week, since we are fairly new as a podcast, we thought we might shake things up a little bit. I think that's the term that we're meant to be using to make it a little bit easier to find our new section. Uh, we're always open to taking feedback from folks. And what we thought we'd try is to split out our podcast episodes. So we have one episode a week that is focused on the news stories, and another, typically, again, hopefully another uh, second episode each week or regularly, in which we are focused on a theme or we're taking a more in depth view at a particular news issue. In the news this week, a rather grim anniversary. Uh, as the Russia-Ukraine war has passed its second anniversary. Uh, So we'll be taking a little time to consider what's going on there. There's been an oil spill off of Trinidad and Tobago, and tribal violence in various parts of the world, Papua New Guinea and the Democratic Republic of Congo, but also some good news stories that we'll be picking up on as well.
1: We need the good news stories this week. We did. Mm. So more on that later, but first, it's my pleasure to get to interview our own Clive Johnson, who's gonna fill us (laughs) in a little bit about his work that he does on the daily um, Insight Timer. Mm. I'm so impressed with what you do and your commitment to it. And I, I need to learn a little bit more about this app and, and how it works and how you got started with it. Mm. So I, I'm wondering, can you just give us a little background into um, Insight Timer?
0: Yeah, and- well, I I guess it was, was it locked down or shortly after lockdown, I became familiar with it. It's been around for some time now and is, to my knowledge, it is the most downloaded meditation-related app in the world. It operates on both iOS, that's the Apple platform, and also on Android, as well as on a desktop or on a computer. You don't actually need the app. You can actually go online uh, in a browser and tune into what's going on inside timer as well. Um, But obviously, there are some more features available, and it makes it easier to find if if you have an app, especially if you you listen on your phone or uh, a tablet. I came across it. I think when someone mentioned it, and they—they—it was some encouragement. It was, it was someone in a soul group I was involved in at the time. He said to me, "Oh, Clive, you should do something on Insight Timer." <laughs> I would listen, they said. (laughs) I don't think they do, actually, this particular person. (laughs) But uh, I I said, what's inside timer? And they they said, well, I'm listening to this all the time. And actually, whilst it launched originally as a meditation app, and I think, essentially, the the very first core thing was really a meditation timer, a bit like an alarm clock type thing. That's what I thought
1: it was, yeah. Uh,
0: And it does have that feature, but Um, It has grown enormously since then to include tens of thousands, probably, uh, certainly thousands of recorded tracks, recorded not just meditations, but talks, courses, um, all manner of things on kind of related topics. So my area tends to be under the heading of spirituality and meditation, but There there are people there who are offering yoga courses and um, all manner of things. And in addition to what's recorded, there are live streams. And that's really my main connection with insight. I offer daily, typically when I'm around, there are days when I'm traveling or I'm not able easily to do this, uh, daily um, live streams. And this is really where I I feel uh, I can connect with a community, and have connected with a community of uh, like, like-hearted. I was going to say like-minded, like-minded as well. People, and um, yeah, that's my main, my main focus.
1: So, when are you on?
0: Um, I offer two daily sessions. One is at seven thirty Eastern time. In the morning. In the morning. Sorry, okay. I should say that, shouldn't I? Um, 7.30 in the morning. And that is a loving kindness meditation. So tends to follow the model of metta, which I think we've spoken about before, the Buddhist practice. But it's it's not tied. I, I, I deliberately don't tie this to a particular faith um, where you invite loving kindness for yourself and then progressively to people that are close to you and, and, and sort of beyond that. And um, that's usually about fifteen to twenty minutes, and then I follow that typically at eight a.m. So a little half an hour later, eight a.m. Eastern Time, with a daily intention focus. And that's quite brief, actually. It's usually only about ten minutes, where we I, I will suggest a topic, as we do. You know, obviously we we have our weekly topics, we have other topics, and those who are familiar with our Facebook group will know that uh, we also suggest very often daily intentions as well, or intentions as, as they arise. And indeed, it's worth mentioning to folk who are in the Facebook group that if they want to post uh, intentions of their own, absolutely to do that. Uh, it's not, not just down to our, you know down for us to, <laughs> we don't know right. rules about, right. you can do that. So yes, a daily intention focus, usually picking up on a, a new story. So, kind of what we are doing in our podcast, but on a on a daily basis, and just one story.
1: I was thinking about this that um, we give our listeners a lot of choices because you do the daily mm. stuff, we do weekly. I do the monthly Labyrinth Activist Network Circle, which also has an intention.
0: Exactly. The Global
1: Healing Response is quarterly, and we also have an annual theme. Exactly. So there's something for everyone. There's kind um, of a
0: meta process going on there, isn't yes, there, I think? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also have a weekly session on Insight. That's between, oh my goodness, I have to get, this should be easy, isn't it? UK <laughs> to New York is five hours. That's all I have to do. <laughs> Subtract 5 from 10. So it's 5 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday, normally on Thursday. Again, it does vary sometimes from week to week. When I have a vigil that goes for two hours, so it's a drop-in, people come and go. And some people go and stay for a lot of time. Silent, held space. And there's an opportunity there for people to make energy requests, prayer requests, intention requests of their own for their own personal needs for healing or for um, answers to a question, whatever it is, or for others who are close to them, as well as the global issues as well, or to hold others and just to enjoy the space. I always love that time. It's absolutely beautiful. And I know that there have been many, what some folks would call miracles <laughs> coming out. I love of, that. Yeah. Uh, I've
1: seen you do that on Facebook.
0: Awesome. I used to use it on Facebook uh, in parallel, and I also do still. I mean, it is not the same, but at the same time, I am holding space on the World Peace Prayer website. I found I had problems with streaming too many things, to, you know, to Insight and Facebook at the same time. Plus, the fact if you are holding space, as as you know, and many of our listeners will know, you have to pay attention to what's going on in, in, in the two, two or three circles and keep them separate because there's that respecting the confidentiality and the, um, um, the sacredness of the individual circles. So it's quite hard when you are, it's an interesting phenomenon online, I suppose, when you are hosting two circles essentially at the same time um, on different platforms. Even non-locality the the at its
1: best
0: yes <laughs> it but um i have uh, enough focus i think on on just holding one circle at a time let alone two or three so but yeah there were some technical things going on there with with the, the facebook stream and i just decided I'll let people know where I am, and they can yes. come and join there if, if if they want.
1: And and all of this information will be in the show notes. How to sure. connect with you on Insight Timer. So listeners, don't worry, you can um, you can find out how to do that. And and I might add, if somebody can't get to the show notes for some reason, it was very easy to find you on Insight Timer. I just wrote your name in,
0: yeah, and it, it, it came it.
1: up with all of your offerings, including your courses, yeah, that you that, offer.
0: <laughs> that should be uh, fairly straightforward. Yeah, well, if you've got the app, if you just put Clive Johnson, mm-hmm. you—I you, don't think there's another Clive Johnson on there.
1: No, I just found one. Something just on you. It. Just me. Just <laughs> you. There's only one you.
0: Only one me. <laughs> and that will list the next live events coming up as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm—I'm I'm curious because I'm sure your own practice has grown doing this, but you've also probably learned a lot about group intention over the time that you've been doing this. and Any experiences you can share or learning you have found?
0: Wow. Um, I think one thing that I've become aware of, and I was curiously, I was reflecting on this actually only earlier today, is there is so much always to learn, always coming with a beginner's mind to intention work. And why I was thinking of this earlier today was I uh, was when I was trying to frame today's daily intention for the, the insight session. And today I was, I was focused on the the G twenty foreign ministers are gathering in Rio de Janeiro. And as we always say, there are certain principles that we we kind of hold. One is we we say not get political. I mean, in 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 a sense, yes, anything is political, <laughs> but yeah. we we try not to take a side or to come with a a political bias, should I say, um, a, a view of a particular solution that fits what we think is, is the right outcome. Um, and another one is respecting the free will of anyone, even the tyrant. So framing something that causes, let's say, a tyrant to reflect and to consider is acceptable within that principle, but willing for them to you know, be struck down or, <laughs> which would not be very, very much in line with loving kindness, uh, or um, to change their view, to impose upon them would not be. It can be a bit of a thin line sometimes. And how you frame an intention, words you use, I find is difficult, always difficult. And probably, I used to think you can get better at this the more you do it. And I think you do become more mindful, more aware. But you can also become lazy. You can also start reusing the same words again, which I do quite often, sometimes because they do seem to work and be relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can inadvertently forget these principles. So I think that strangely has been a, has been a learning. We are always in a beginner's mind state with this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're doing it every day, there is something you always have to stop and reflect: is this going to be understood by people? What the intention is about if they want to put their own words behind it or no words at all but they feel into it is it clear and am i presenting some sort of opinion some sort of bias yes, um,
1: yes. i always like to picture it like a flow chart and mm. we we stay above yeah. the division we go one level up to yeah. you know it's kind of like the the um shelter above all of the division and that's where we we try to to put it it's hard
0: it's very hard
1: hard because the um it just seems so clear what should happen for humanity and you but but as you said you have to be really careful and make sure that your intention
0: is pure you do you do but otherwise in terms of learnings um I think an experience, an appreciation that's really come home to me is one thing I love about group intention, quite apart from what we know, what Lynn McTaggart and other researchers or coordinated researchers has shown time and again, HeartMath Institute and so on, around the power of intention, which of course is our great <laughs> impetus for what we do, is <laughs> beneficial to you as an individual as well. because. You cannot. If there was any possibility, which I, I suspect with many of us, and certainly with myself, that you could get your ego could get in the way and think, um, "This is my prayer that's done this, or well, my prayers had a big impact." That probably is okay to believe. My prayers had an impact, definitely, absolutely. Believe, definitely believe. <laughs> Our intention has an impact, but this has changed. This situation has come about solely because of me. Is not such a good. <laughs> I've got some supernatural power that is unique to me, or whatever. And I think when you're in a group, when you're you're fo- you're very much focused on sending collective intention, you are aware that together, as we say in our strapline, we are more powerful. And yeah, no one person is. You know, we're all opening ourselves to be channels, essentially, to be willing this energy, this positive. Wish for things to to be. So, well, as,
1: as my friend Chris Katzenmeyer, who we had on, you know, if you want to listen yes. to our episode about intention and remind yourself a little bit, and she says to remember, you're the conduit.
0: Exactly. Exactly. To the
1: power of the healing, it's as you said. And exactly. that helps keep the ego.
0: Exactly. Helps you
1: keep the ego out. And yet, as you said, you have to believe the intention yes. is going to be accomplished. Yes in yes. order for it to work scientifically. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, it's 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 a tough balance. It,
0: it is, it is. But what I, I found, and this happened almost accidentally, in a sense, the the intention focus on insight came some months after I started off in the loving kindness. I didn't plan, uh, it was purely my own practical timing. <laughs> I timed it as it was. Um, I hadn't really appreciated early on that, the two could complement each other because loving a loving-kindness meta type of meditation requires you to come into being a channel, essentially, if I can use that. You invite loving-kindness for yourself. You invite in what I call divine, what I understand as divine power, um, but that, that obviously others will relate to that in different ways, and then allow myself to pass that out. And when I'm in a place of being compassionate, and I've received loving kindness in myself, I'm in a much better place for doing that. So there is this idea of the intention focus following quite naturally on from loving kindness, because we are typically in, in that space. There is a bit of a break for often between the two sessions, but it's not uh, hopefully too disruptive for, for most people. And-
1: And Lynn McTaggart actually talks quite a bit about this in her book, The Power of Eight, Mm. called the rebound effect or the participant effect. And um, I don't know if we can um, put a picture of the Taurus field in our show notes. But uh, you know, as we know, our heart emits an electromagnetic field, but they're finding that that field comes back to you. It's like Mm. a donut around Mm. us. And so when when you put out the loving kindness, it comes back to you also. And
0: it so does that in a parallel group, absolutely, yes. or, or uh, in a, in a group like the Insight, because yes, you're putting out what you're receiving, let's say from the divine or from the universe or, or spirit, mm-hmm. whatever. But others in in the circle are willing, loving kindness for you as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's um, and there's there's an infinite supply of this. You know, it's not as though we're exhausting a natural resource, a, a sort of a from the earth mind from the earth or something like that we are drawing on something that is in infinite supply so absolutely the more we share in this is one of the things i love about the vigil as well is so you 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 start to get that feeling of being yourself blessed
1: yeah. uh, by that's others beautiful. as well mm-hmm.
0: and um yeah it's it is like a donut exactly
1: you know that my passion is collective healing. Mm. The power of the collective. Mm. When we and that's kind of how we came together. Like
0: you're yeah.
1: Yeah. the intention and and I'm the collective healing. When you put that together, it's um exponential and amplified power. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, can you speak to that?
0: Well, my interest was was very much inspired by a lot of your work and Chris's work and uh, the, uh, as we mentioned before, the work of the uh, World Labyrinth Day and Big, Big Connection and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading Lynn McNaggart's work especially and other research, the Transcendental Meditation Movement. I am a transcendental meditator myself, so I have quite an interest in, in, in that area. And remember Maharishi Yogi years back yeah. saying saying this stuff, you know, <laughs> if we yes. all were praying and intending for peace yes. in the Middle East, it would happen. <laughs> I'm believing it, and I do believe it. Yes, I don't know the science. I've tried, and it's one of the great exciting things about this podcast is that we don't know the answer why this works. We have, you know, this this little little things we're learning and things we're learning quickly that are uh, supporting um, and more and more research supporting um, the efficacy of this, but we don't know the answer. We don't understand quantum physics perfectly. And uh, there's, there's a lot of unanswered questions. What I relate to, and I think this is where anyone with faith very often comes to, is when you start having experience of your own, that might be in the form of a mystical experience or insight. Um, something really becomes very clear to you in a, uh, in a very sudden way, perhaps, uh, unexpected way. It might be through a sense of, a being in spirit, and so people that are involved in worship, in not just in, in any tradition really, if, you know, singing, chanting, beautiful musical ministries. Uh, uh, very often, will have that sense of a movement mm-hmm. that's going mm-hmm. through, and and really being swept, <laughs> drunk. Sometimes it used to be the term "drunk in the spirit," in this holy wind or holy spirit, as perhaps many of us would know it. Um, There are other experiences, brief experiences I've had. I was thinking one about remote viewing. I took part in a course on animal communication years ago and remote healing of an animal. I might have mentioned this story and we were paired up in little exercises and I was paired with a lady from Warsaw and she told, told me the name of the dog and the fact that it was in Warsaw and that was pretty much it in terms of where I was going to direct my attention. This lady's name's dog called such and such in Warsaw. And I had a vision of this dog in a garden with certain toys being in the garden and a gate out the back and a close. And she said, yes, that's almost exactly right, except the the ball was red, not orange, or something like that, or there's <laughs> little detail. And I thought, how on earth... Because in my view, Warsaw... Was nothing like this. <laughs> I think, think, think of a place in Warsaw. It would not have been my obviously instant place to go. So that's a kind of related thing. When you start to have some experiences, and, and, and not just one-offs, you know quite quite a few, and you hear of others, and you see results. Things do happen because of the collective because of the power of people coming together and there doesn't really seem to be anything to contradict this view it's amazing and i think we both share a desire to really share that with others that's part of the idea of the podcast because it doesn't seem to be that widely known
1: (laughs) i i agree i agree (laughs) I feel like if people knew um, that it does work and the science behind it, not everybody needs to know science, but some people do. It helps. Um, And it's almost fun to hear the results of some of these experiments that have happened. And, you know, you can go to the classic where um, people have yelled at a plant and then they've talked lovingly to another. And this, you know, there's so many science experiments on this and yes. many different results. And um, it really is encouraging. Not to mention, as you talked about your remote viewing, um, the science of non locality. And yes. people don't have to be in the same space. No,
0: no, it's exactly. okay. But we're it's...
1: speaking across the pond.
0: We are. We, we are. still have
1: a power together.
0: And it's something I love about the insight, in a way. Um, when I started, I thought, how is this going to work? How, how can there be a community that's working together? And the only person that is seen and heard on the live stream is me. It's a one way in terms of the video, audio and visual. There is a chat which is very active. And we quite often have the you know, regular group, regular group. Um, so everyone does know. Pretty much everyone else, although the people come and go, and newcomers are always very welcome, of course. And it, it changes a little bit from, from day to day, but there's quite a quite a lot of people who and there's who are power there. in that. Like, there's power there is. in that group there that is. comes there is.
1: together and knows each other and and becomes get, coherent we and get
0: exactly exactly mm-hmm. very much in in sync as absolutely, and we get to know each other. Um, Especially through the vigil, but but also through some of the daily meditations, the individual requests for prayer and energy and, and intention uh, that 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 come through. But I feel almost when I'm hosting a meditation, I have my eyes closed. It was another problem if you're trying to hold space. <laughs> got to occasionally open your eyes to make sure you're still online or <laughs> what's going on. Um, but I'm in my own space which isn't about seeing and hearing what's going on on the screen it's about we call it a heart connection but i think it's even deep i think it's beyond that it seems to come from the gut or from <laughs> know, you it in the body but there is a deeper felt connection with people in the group an entanglement might be if we were using some of the scientific uh, mm-hmm. quantum mm-hmm. terminology might be it um certainly our physical location is or what time of day it is or whatever is irrelevant we are yes. intimately connected uh, through this kind of felt connection and it's it's a palpable as i say in the visual especially it is palpable the feeling that comes from it so yeah it doesn't rely on as we're having now a two-way um audiovisual conference.
1: <laughs> well, and, and as we have spoken to that is important for us as individuals to feel connection. Mm. We have to have that as humans. As important as it is for the world for for the energy that you're sending out for healing. And you know, COVID kind of messed us up with our gathering and our being together, but we found this other way technologically. <laughs> Um, and thank goodness, because we all need
0: it. We We do. And I think the other thing I would say about it is, especially with intention sending in in this brief time that we have, finding our connection is something that we all have to do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, It's very hard for someone like me as a host to guide. And I find... This isn't necessarily very satisfactory, but I find myself saying when I'm introducing uh, the intention sessions, prayer may be your thing, intercession, And it may be prayer that's not via God or an intermediary. It may be direct prayer, heart-to-heart prayer, essentially. Um, you may work with a healing or energy modality. You may maybe the the um, energy of your thoughts, having a vision or other thoughts, or just really feeling into, really getting a yearning. Again, that tends to stir for me from a more of a gut place and, and then flow up into the heart as compassion and out from the heart. But we're talking about felt experience um, and tuning into that. And yeah, it doesn't necessarily sit with a one. Description one. One way I could describe it in in a guided meditation, for example, um, we have to find that, and when we find this inner power, and we can activate it and connect with it, that's when I truly believe we're more powerful together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And actually, Absolutely. I believe that's what prayer is. Frankly, <laughs> I think. Right. Yes, it can be from the head. It, you know, it, it's not without value. But my goodness, if you're really Embodying, getting into, you know, feeling this, channeling this energy, this feeling—that's where the power is. Absolutely.
1: Have there been any challenges with your daily insight, or?
0: Well, I think that's one of the main ones: is how um, how to describe it. Because whilst I say there is a regular group, every every session is, you know, that often our newcomers. So, always I have to have, again, a, begin- a beginner's mind kind of approach. And um, yeah, how it how it's described, how an intention is framed again, mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, that, that's um, because ultimately, whilst there are words attached to an uh, intention, ultimately it's about the feeling, the essence, mm-hmm. the, the kind of the vibration <laughs> uh, behind it that we want everyone to be in sync with. That's this idea of coherence, this idea of uh, entrainment, the idea of being common wave,
1: parallel
0: waves, as it were, uh, that are, yeah, that are vibrating in the same way. So if we've got different ideas about what the intention is, uh, (laughs) there's a real risk that won't happen. So I I think continuing to work at that for me, it's, as I say, even after a couple of years of doing this very, very regularly, um, you have to you have to stay humble to it. You absolutely don't think you've got this under wraps. It's
1: <laughs> good for you.
0: Yeah it's, yeah, it's hard. And as I say, I think the risk is you become lazy. You think, oh, this is this type of intention. I'll, I'll just put these words in, and I'm not really then connected with it myself.
1: Um, That's probably the key.
0: I think it, has it to is
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you it have
0: is to Def- definitely. Um,
1: awesome. Well, you're doing great work. I'm so proud of you, my friend, for what you're <laughs> doing. You. And thank you to the world. You know, all of us thank you for what well, you're doing you. and your role modeling for all of us, what we can
0: do. Well, thank you. As I say, you, you gave enormous um, inspiration for me and, and certainly the, the work that you do. And I, I, um, I think we should mention your YouTube video. Mm. uh, which you put together, I think, originally for the World Labyrinth Day and and, uh, therefore around walking labyrinths uh, with collective intention. Yes. um, Around uh, this idea of entrainment and becoming coherent. And I think that's what I was trying to get to. I will go into detail now because we'll talk about this length uh, in another session. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll go on forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But coherence between mind and body and Mm -hmm. heart and soul. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> getting coherent within yourself as well as with others. And you describe coherence very, very well in that quite brief video and um, talk people through how they can become coherent uh, themselves. Thank you. We'll definitely, we put the link there for that one. Um, and again, Chris mentioned this, didn't she, when when we spoke to Chris a few weeks back, um, I believe. <laughs> so track back through uh, past podcast episodes um, episodes and your, your yes focus.
1: you might be interested in yep. the um intention episode with chris Katzemeyer.
0: exactly to look
1: back on that if this piques your interest and of course find out how to plug in with clive every day or weekly whatever um whatever fits your schedule so thank you clive for filling us in on this and again thank you for your work in the world
0: thank you and of course uh if you do like the, the Zoom version, you've got uh, Labyrinth, Labyrinth Activist Network um, yes. online once a month. So, again, we've got the links there in the show notes. Yes,
1: now. yes. And our next meeting is February 27th, next, next week, Tuesday. You mm. can join us if that interests you. We would love to have you. It's a very welcoming, wise group. We do great work. Um, sometimes it's hard, but we do it. Mm. and we don't back away from the hard stuff
0: no 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 that's that's another big thing with this absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. you have got to stick with it and it, it can be yeah. wearing sometimes you know yes. yeah. but my goodness think how wearing it is <laughs> the folks on the other end
1: exactly yeah. exactly so lots of opportunities for our listeners we hope you join us in one way or another besides just listening but we're happy that you're listening so
0: absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 joining us in this intention thank you Thank
0: you. You're listening to Impact, a podcast for anyone who believes in making a difference in the world through prayer, healing, and sending intention out into the world. Join us as we focus attention on where healing is needed right now. Together, we change our world. So, as we said, from next week, we're going to try something a little bit different. So, if your uh, favorite part, I don't know if I should say favorite part, but if the parts so you always want to uh, connect with is this new section, uh, we're going to try and do things a little bit differently from next week and split this out from our interviews and our, our discussions that we have separately. So, the good news is, hopefully, there will be more podcasts uh, yes. and easier to find what you want, as it were. Stories that have caught our attention this week, though, and uh, it's the past few days, as we recall, recalled, it's the 21st of February, so we're one day on from the second anniversary of the outbreak of war between Russia and Ukraine. Russia tanks rolling into Ukraine two years ago. This week, Russia has claimed full control of the town of Abdivka, marking its biggest gain since capturing Bakhmut last May. So making quite an inroad there, as it were, in the, in the land war. Ukraine says that unarmed Ukrainian prisoners of war were shot in the town. Russia's Ministry of Defense said on Sunday that its troops had advanced 8.6 kilometers, 5.3 miles, which is quite a significant advance uh, in that part of the 1,000 kilometer, uh, 621 mile front line. In the Black Sea, however, Ukraine seems to be, as it were, winning the war, forcing the Russian Navy into retreat and sinking uh, its warships, according to the journal Foreign Affairs. France and Germany have both pledged continued aid to Ukraine, as the Biden administration in the US is said to be working towards providing Ukraine with powerful new long range ballistic missiles. And Uh, I I don't know what to make of this because we do get these stories and we've heard these kinds of things from Russia in, in the past, but not to turn a total blind eye to it either. In an ominous story reported in London's Evening Standard and in several US and Ukrainian tabloids this week, former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev, who's a close ally of Vladimir Putin, has warned of total war if Russia was forced to return to its 1991 borders, that's the time the uh, the breakup of the former USSR, saying that it will use, or is likely to use, its entire strategic arsenal and fire nuclear missiles at London, Washington, Beijing and Kyiv if it is made to give up the areas of Ukraine it has invaded. Will we have the courage to do this if the disappearance of a thousand-year-old country, our great motherland, is at stake and the sacrifices made by the people of Russia over the centuries will be in vain? The answer is obvious, he said. So a suggested focus for our intention this week, and of course we could pick up on so many different aspects here.
1: Oh my gosh, this is sobering.
0: It is sobering, isn't it? Yeah, but we suggest one very specific intention on this second year anniversary of the start of this war. We will that all who have influence in the Kremlin and government in Kyiv will be convicted of the existential threat to both nations that could result from a continued escalation in the conflict.
1: Oh, and this also last week, um, combined with the death of the Russian opposition leader Mm -hmm. Alexei Navalny didn't help things either. Yulia Navalny, the widow of the Russian opposition leader said in a video message on Monday that she would continue the work of her husband and fight for a free Russia. Russian authorities denied Navalny's relatives having immediate access to his body. They prevented his mother from visiting the morgue where his body is believed to be. An investigative committee has extended its probe into his death. She says Vladimir Putin killed my husband, adding that she would work with the Russian people to battle with the Kremlin to create a new Russia. The Kremlin has denied any involvement in his death. But Navalny died on Friday at the Polar Wolf Penal Colony in Karp, about 1,900 kilometers or 1,200 miles northeast of Moscow, where he was serving a 30-year sentence, according to the prison service. Many world leaders have blamed Russian President Vladimir Putin and his government for Navalny's death. Mm. And I think they are doing an autopsy, and they're finding... Some possible reasons. I know he had bruises on his body, and from what I read, they were suspecting seizures. It is
0: one of these things that potentially we will never know yes. the truth to. It could be. It was. It, it could be. We have to hold out the possibility that it was a natural or something happened that wasn't planned yes. that caused his death. Or it could be um, if what many Western leaders suspect that there was a nerve agent involved or, or and, and the reasons that access isn't being given to his body is because there's you know that, that sort of thing we don't know we don't we know don't. It's one of these one of these situations where we, where we don't know um, there was a suggestion made to me uh, with, a, with a friend of mine we was discussing this the other day that this wouldn't if Putin wanted to kill. Navalny ahead of an election, that wouldn't necessarily be very sensible timing because it makes a mar- potentially makes a martyr of him and galvanizes opposition, even though that may not actually have much effect in in, in terms of the, the, the election outcome. So could it have been a mistake? Could it have been natural causes? Could it have been deliberate? Um, clearly, Yulia uh, does believe as it was deliberate, and clearly many in the West do as well. Mm-hmm. But the truth is we don't know.
1: We don't know, and we hold his family and Yulia, mm. of course. Um, and I think the uh, an important aspect of this is how it will affect the movement. Yes. As you said. Yes. You know, what kind of impact it will have on exactly. um, her movement, and is she safe?
0: Yes. Well, she's in Europe at the moment. Um, she's been... Speaking at the European Union, but yes, nobody's safe wherever they are. I mean, there, there was a okay. uh, uh, defector to Ukraine from Russia who was killed in uh, near Benidorm in Spain yesterday, or believed to be killed. <sighs> so yes, you do not you do not disappear in the world anywhere and be safe uh, if you are on the radar of secret services in, from any nation, really.
1: Yeah. yeah. So holding his family, also holding the Russian people who are disagreeing with Vladimir yes. Putin and the and the tensions there. Besides all the tensions between Russia and the Ukraine.
0: Exactly. Exactly. A, a lot happening. Mm-hmm. And another story uh, again, not something that I uh, I'd come across until I, I picked up on this. <laughs> I didn't <haven't laughs> no, no, an oil spill in the Caribbean off the coast initially of trinidad and tobago this is 9 days ago that this slick was first spotted by the coast guard in trinidad and tobago resulting from a, a barge was a capsize. and little is known about this barge where it was coming from um, who was in charge whether there is uh, whether there's survivors from this it's, it's really quite quite mysterious but there is now worry that this spill is beginning to threaten other coastlines, it's spread mm-hmm. from Tobago shore, which was the first area affected. And Venezuela and uh, Grenada are now also on watch as, as this slick approaches their coasts. So yes, it's, it's spreading as far as I can tell.
1: If you remember from our podcast last week about water, I um, cited a statistic that one gallon of oil can contaminate hundreds of gallons mm. of water. Mm. I mean, hundreds of thousands mm. of gallons of water. So these oil spills are really very disturbing.
0: Yes, yes. It's again, it's sobering, isn't it? Yes. And sobering that we don't. Well, certainly in the mainstream news that I I, I monitor each day in in the UK, we don't know about this.
1: So let's hold Trinidad and Tobago in our hearts too um hey clive good news (laughs) for the environment in england way to go uk yeah
0: sometimes it happens
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so new rules in the uk that went into effect this week require any new road and home building projects to result in more or better natural habitats than before so this is called biodiversity net gain and all new construction projects must achieve a ten percent net gain in biodiversity or habitat. So, in other words, any natural space destroyed by a development must be recreated either on site or somewhere else.
0: Mm, that's quite a commitment. So, yes, yeah, yeah, and now, now, law. Yeah, UK. Indeed, indeed. I think that's just England. That I'm not entirely sure, but there are different rules in the different. Oh parts of the UK, but I think it's just... Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I'm not sure. um, uh, Not such good uh, if you're in California, especially, or know people there. California received very heavy rains on Monday, uh, the southern part of the state bearing the brunt of the storm. And, And here, actually, we're looking, we talk about the south. We're talking roughly from the Bay Area and just east of the Bay Area, south, I think that area east of Sacramento, I think, was particularly badly hit. So it's kind of mid-state as well, really. Um, as much as ten inches of rain fell in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties, uh, with flood risk warnings continuing. The range resulted from what's known as an atmospheric river, which is a relatively rare, although seemingly now more common phenomenon in which uh, winds blow off the Pacific in very, very narrow, intense bands of moisture over the West Coast. Uh, This latest episode follows heavy rain just a couple of weeks ago, when up to a year's worth of precipitation was received in some areas, mainly in foothill areas, I believe. But still, that knocked out power to nearly a million customers and killed nine people. It seems that this latest storm has had less impact in terms of injury to life, but I guess that's not fully known just yet.
1: Yeah, and it's unusual Mm. for that part Mm. of the country.
0: Yeah.
1: Moving over to the East Coast from the US West Coast, there's a good news water-related story. The New Jersey-based TerraCycle Global Foundation passed an impressive milestone last month, announcing that they've removed over 2 million pounds of waste from rivers, canals and waterways. It was founded six years ago, and it has targeted ocean pollution right at its source waterways. So when polluted, they send waste directly to oceans, harming sea life and the environment. And through its work, over 1000 tons have been diverted and recycled. Let's benchmark that.
0: Yeah. And it makes sense, doesn't it? To, of course. These are the, the feeders of yes. plastic pollution. Yeah. Yes. Uh, another major environmental catastrophe or phenomenon, perhaps, depending which way you look at it. A landslide in Afghanistan, a troubled country. An overnight landslide on Monday killed at least 25 people, injured eight, and left others trapped in the Nuristan province uh, in the east of the country according to the country's disaster ministry. There had been heavy snowfall, uh, and the landslip swept through the village of Nakra, in the, um, again, apologies for my pronunciation, in the Tatin Valley, destroying around 20 homes and burying more under snow and rubble. Rescue efforts were quickly launched, but have been hampered by continuing snow, which has blocked roads and prevented helicopter landings.
1: Again, this is something that I had not heard about in our news. Nope. So um, holding the rescue efforts, definitely. Um, it is Wednesday. I'm sure it's, it's um, becoming tedious at this point. Hopefully the snow had stopped. Mm. So the Houthi attacks continue on Red Sea ships. Houthi militants operating out of Yemen said on Monday, they had attacked a cargo vessel in the Gulf of Aden, which was at risk of sinking, raising the stakes in their campaign to disrupt global shipping in support of Palestinians in the Gaza war. The Belize flagged, British registered and Lebanese managed vessel was attacked on Sunday. So far, no ships have been sunk nor crew killed from a mounting number of attacks on merchant ships traversing a sea lane that accounts for about 12% of global maritime traffic. In a second incident last Monday, a Greece-flagged U.S.-owned bulk carrier with 23 crew members was fired upon twice on Monday, with a window being damaged but no injuries to personnel reported. The vessel was taking grain from Argentina to Aden, so despite U.S. and U.K. attacks on their bases in Yemen, the Houthis have vowed to continue targeting ships until attacks on Palestinians in the Gaza Strip are ended.
0: Wow. It, it seems to me almost that, that there is that there is a level of protection going on there, perhaps, again, uh, bringing home the fact that, that prayers and intention collectively may be making a difference. in, in, in You know, if, if a ship just suffers a window... <laughs> <laughs> and there have been no no injuries. That's that, encouraging. Actually, it's encouraging, yes. isn't it? Yes. Um, not to say this will always be the case, but... Um, right. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, 12% of global maritime traffic being affected is a lot. I'm sure we will feel that.
0: It, it is. And it's interesting. I guess this ship is already quite some way on its journey before the big shipping companies sort of... Um, advised against travel or prevented their ships going through the Red Sea. But from Argentina, South America, you know, you'd think that can go around the south coast of Africa. So it just brings home. the Their normal route would be mm-hmm. through the Mediterranean, um, which is interesting. Ah, not good news here. I think we've mentioned this before. Um, continuing tribal violence in Papua New Guinea At least 26 people reported killed following an outbreak of tribal violence in the remote highlands of that country, uh, according to information given by local police to the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. The killing occurred in an ambush in Enga province early on Sunday. Papua New Guinea is home to hundreds of tribes, many of which still live in inhospitable and remote terrain. Rising population has put a strain on land and resources and further deepened these rivalries.
1: I think that's interesting, that rising population is the reason for this.
0: Yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I I guess I hadn't thought about that possibility
0: there. It's as old as there have been tribes, isn't it, as well? The competition for resources. Um, Yes. Yeah.
1: Makes sense.
0: It does, yeah.
1: Well, in tribal conflict in the Democratic Republic of Congo's troubled Ituri province, oh, so we're going right to the middle of Africa, a group of rebels bombed a camp for displaced people in eastern Congo's North Kivu province last week, killing three civilians and injuring eight others, according to a local civil society group. Violence in the region has sparked protests and a humanitarian group warned that thousands are facing limited access to aid. A rebel group with alleged links to neighboring Rwanda, although this is denied by Rwanda, bombed the Zena camp last week 16 miles from the city of Goma. Days of attacks not far away from the city have preceded the bombing and on Sunday armed rebels reportedly killed 15 people in the eastern Aturi province. In the second such attack in days, Sources say the Kodeko Cooperative for the Development of the Congo Militia, which claims to defend the interests of the Lendu ethnic group targeted people from the rival Himu tribe.
0: Hmm. So, some general thoughts, reflections on these stories. As we recall these two incidents of tribal conflict this week, let us will that all who have influence will have wisdom to guide actions and dialogue towards tribes in Papua New Guinea, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo dwelling in harmony. And let's also hold those who are grieving and in need following the landslide in Afghanistan and from the flooding in California. We also will light comfort and wisdom for the widow and family of Alexei Navalny and ask that those coordinating the containment and conservation effort following the oil slick in the southern Caribbean will be guided to know where to direct their efforts to have maximum positive effect for coastal and marine flora and fauna.
1: And finally, a good news story to end with. The World Wildlife Fund reports that the small Himalayan nation, Bhutan, has proved its commitment to nature with the declaration of a new biological corridor called BC-9. The new biological corridor connects Sakten Wildlife Sanctuary and Bumdeling Wildlife Sanctuary in the east of the country, which is home to unique flora and fauna species such as the snow leopard, red panda, and Ludlo's Bhutan glory, which is a stunningly beautiful butterfly. And we'll put a link to a picture in the show notes. Mm-hmm. The corridor is expected to ensure animal movement, enhance conservation attention, and preserve 124 species of birds, 25 species of mammals, and 227
0: species of plants. Wow, it does sound beautiful, doesn't it? Bhutan is a country that often features, I think, on the in surveys of the world's happiest people.
1: Oh yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> and I think it's quite uh, it's quite restrictive of, of tourists, for example, which again. I think he's out of respect for the environment, partly. Um, so, it's not an easy country to visit. I think involved. Well, I
1: actually had to look it up to find out where it was, and it's uh-huh. just east of Nepal.
0: Yes, yes, and I think you need to pay uh, quite a lot of money to go uh, to get a license mm. or something if you want to go into some of these uh, rem- more remote areas, at least. So they're doing they're doing wonderful work there, and really protecting their environment and. In love with nature, and I guess if you're in the Himalayan foothills, who wouldn't be? Yes. <laughs> and what yes. animals to have on you in, in, around, the snow leopard, the red panda, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this amazing, amazing. Uh, I mean, this, these, these are just several of the, the amazing creatures there. Good for them. Good for them.
1: That about wraps it up for this week. Remember, you can connect with us in the Facebook group and for live intention holding in Clive's daily insight timer offerings and with me in the Labyrinth Activist Network's Zoom calls. Details of how to hook up with these are in our show notes. And don't forget our main intention for this week. We will that all who have influence in the Kremlin and government in Kyiv will be convicted of the existential threat to both nations that could result from a continued escalation in the conflict. Thank you for listening and for sharing with us and holding intentions. We look forward to connecting again next time. And in the meantime,
0: thank you, go well, stay safe.
1: And remember, we're more powerful together.
0: Impact is presented by Ellen Vince and Clive Johnson and produced by Impact Productions. Our theme music is by Chris Collins and our logo artwork is by Auto Classic. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or your favorite podcast provider. We're a non-commercial podcast dedicated to people of any faith, tradition, or none who yearn for healing in our troubled world. Please pass on the word so others may join us in making an impact. Thank you for listening.